No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets' riveting victory, 2-1 over the Arizona Coyotes, a barn burner in downtown Winnipeg that undoubtedly left every single fan in attendance wanting more, 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 or maybe not. It was a hockey game, the Jets got a win that they must, they needed to have, but, uh, there's really it was like a playoff game tonight, boys. <laughs> had that feel, had that energy. How many I mean, times? Were the, how many times was the Jets' power play booed tonight? Like Dave M was in the building, so he would know. Like you, obviously, you can hear it on the TV broadcast. But yeah. there were at least two power plays where fans were booing. Like it's unbelievable when your power play is already rock bottom, and somehow it goes over six. Like it, it almost defies logic at this point. 0 for 6 against a not a juggernaut of a penalty kill. I believe the 23rd ranked penalty kill in the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. Um, look, this was the, the Jets get the win. So we start with that. It was a game they had to win. But it was a being, game. It was a game and it was a win. And that's yeah, about it. That, that's about it. You're not really taking a lot more out of this. And you're not saying, you know, the, there's a lot of reason for optimism or a reason to plan a parade or even to think that, you know, the, the you know, better days are ahead. It's a win. It's that simple. It's a win. You sort of hold your nose, but it's a win. And for a team that desperately needed a win, Dave M, the Jets mm. will take it. But I don't think they're going to be uh, celebrating too vociferously uh, as a result of that victory. Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because it's not as if the Jets, I mean, the Jets were favored courtesy of our friends at Betway. But it's interesting because if you look at who the hotter of the two teams were, it's definitely the Coyotes. Six, yeah. two, and two in their last 10 games. They've Six, won oh, four. two in their last eight. Well, I was going to say, they've also won four straight. So, yeah. so it was Arizona that is feeling good about themselves. I believe it was six in a row at home. Uh, at mullet arena so if you have a mullet they're feeling comfortable back in arizona but but the reality is you know in the jets we we've documented on every each and every one of these post-game shows what's been happening with the jets so of course we know we don't need to go into that but the jets haven't exactly come in here uh you know like a juggernaut but mm -hmm. you know arizona hasn't been a very good road team and it looked like that was you know the the odds makers made a lot of sense based on that first period as he because the jets looked like they were gonna gonna roll to a, to an easy victory, but we should have known as that it would never, nothing with these jets is ever that simple. No. And, and the thing is like, you know, the jets are, I think were lucky to escape that second period without there, there being more damage done. Like Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz and Barrett Hayden were absolutely dominating in that second period. Not so much in the third period, but I mean, and Keller Schmaltz, uh, like that's, that's a Garrett Keller Schmaltz and Hayton. If I can get the three names out of my mouth, that's a legitimate top line boys, right? Like Hayton was a mm -hmm. fifth overall pick. Mm -hmm. Keller was what Dave seventh. He was a top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, Nick Schmaltz was a late first. round. So you've got three first round picks, but, but these are, these are good NHLers now. Like Hayton's obviously 
the youngest of the three, like former world junior hero. We all remember what he did for Team Canada a few years back, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, th- this was just not good enough, guys. Like, it's good enough, like Drew said, in the sense that you get the two points, but it's not good enough in the way you got it done. And it's so funny, right? Because, you know, for all that talk about how well the Jets were playing, you know, against a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, but they just didn't get the results and they just didn't get the bounces. Like, this was just putrid at times, right? And, yeah, they held on in the third period, but that's really all that they were doing, right? So it's really, it's you know, watching the game, it's really tough to understand you know, how there's such a lack of emotion right now on this Jets team. And there's only, there's less than a month to go in the season, right? There's 10 games to go. I mean, there's that's 10 games to go and you just don't, you just don't feel it. Like you just don't feel, you know, the urgency. And again, like you know, you've been playing out the spring. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. They, they exactly. Like- no, you're right. Yeah. It, it feels like a team that is just going through the motions. And it's really hard to believe, you know, considering that you're coming off of that really disappointing loss in St. Louis, right? So mm-hmm. you would have thought that, you know, I, I thought that the, the Jets were going to put four or five past Vermelka. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Vermelka was really that great tonight. Like he was, he was okay. Yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't excellent. Like he has been in the past. So it's really hard to believe how the Jets could come out with that effort tonight at home. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, you know, they, they had a good first period. They had a good third period. So they, you know, and now the third period is certainly aided by the fact that, you know, the Coyotes had, uh, you know, just under eight minutes worth of penalties in that third period. The Jets, of course, couldn't capitalize on any of that because, you know, expecting a power play goal is it would be would be foolhardy at this point in time from the Winnipeg Jets. And we'll get to that. But, you know, if you wonder what happens, you know, that second period was so one sided. I, I, I mean, I just don't know how you play a second period like that. And yeah, you're up two nothing after twenty, and you're feeling good about that. But don't you just want an easy victory at some point in time if you're this Winnipeg Jets team? I mean, you're more talented than the Coyotes. There's no, I don't think anybody's going to quibble with that. And and then that's the effort that you come forth with in a second period. And, and in the third period, Drew, like Liam O'Brien takes that high sticking penalty. Yeah. As an aside, what were they reviewing there? Like, wasn't that, wasn't that as clear a double minor for high sticking, Drew, as you could? Like, what are they reviewing? How much blood there was? Oh, and again, to your point there, because I, you know, I was curious about that as well. As far as I know, and unless the rules have changed and they haven't publicized this change, and it's probably worth asking, you can only review it when a major is called. So you can't review a double minor. No. Unless they've changed that rule and not told anybody. And you know, I'll send a note to our buddies at to our buddy uh, Josh Smith at Scouting the Refs because he tracks this stuff closer than I do. But uh, you know, this is multiple times now where we've seen reviews of double minors, which again, I and and it's fine if they want to review it, and if that's the rule, then fine, it doesn't bother me. Review all you want, but I just don't it understand. Doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense, and it's just a waste of time. Like you know, and and to be honest with you. Like, if I'm the Jets, like, I wouldn't be happy with that because I would want to get the power play going. Like, you know, you're, you're kind of losing a little bit of momentum there. But what the point is, Dave, power play. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Like, over it's 19. early in the third period, and they did absolutely nothing with that double minor. Like, if this was, this was you know, earlier in the season, the first 30, 35 games, yeah. the Jets would have scored at least a goal. It just, it, it's like, how many different ways can you say that the Jets' power play is struggling? Like, and not only is it struggling, 
it doesn't really show any signs of improving. It's it's really mind-boggling, Dave. It's it's reaching the point, and the Jets will score eventually. Like they could easily score in their next game against the Ducks. I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't uh, put any money You're on, not gonna, on you, that. You, but, you, you wouldn't bet a shoe lick on it or a boot but, lick on it? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm glad I'm not going to have to lick your boots, especially after you went walking around uh, your neighborhood, yeah. stepping in all that uh, dog excrement, Drew. But I'm just, you know, I, I, I just don't know what else there is left to say about how bad the power play is struggling. And like you said, how bad the Jets came. They were just, you know, the best word I think I would describe about word I would use to describe that second period for the Jets was flat. Well, you know, uh, well, and, and, and sorry, Brent Bellamy's got a good point here. I want to highlight because he's right. The only good thing that came out of the power play was that it killed the clock Yeah, because they managed to kill four yeah. minutes in that third period because, well, I mean, more than that, it, they had, the, there was the, I mean, remember the double, oh, minor, sorry, the double minor and the other one. Yeah, you're right. Well, so, no, I mean, they had four, they had, they had, they had eight minutes, just under eight minutes worth of penalties in that third period. Right. I mean, I mean you forget. So, sorry, four. the power play is so forgettable. I forgot that well, they had power yeah. play. Kesselring took the penalty. He took that holding penalty at the three-minute mark. Jets yeah. did nothing, although that was probably their best-looking power play. Then Liam O'Brien uh, takes the double minor, and then Valimaki at the end of the game right. for just took under the, you know, yeah, right. for took two the minutes on less. Appleton. Yeah, two minutes yeah, yeah, less, yeah. seventeen seconds. Sorry, but I mean, look, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, this, at this point. It's just and and like the the assertion that Brad Lauer not being around is is somehow gonna is changing things. I mean, first of all, it's not as if Brad Lauer's in another country. I mean, he's available to the team. Right. He's been with the team as far as I can remember. He was on the bench for a number of games. I didn't even notice it, to be honest with you. Actually, I asked Colby to take some isolation shots of the of the coaches today. So we'll, we'll see. ask Torts next time I see him, Dave. Yeah, we'll <laughs> ask and find out if Brad Lauer was on the bench. I didn't notice him on the bench, so it's possible he's 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 not necessarily you know, uh, healthy again, and maybe needs to take some time to off being not, not being on the bench. And I know he's not on the ice at practices, but I mean, guys, he can watch the video and he can, he can go over it. These guys are all just constantly having conversations. So it's not as if they don't have him available to them mm-hmm. in order to discuss what he'd like implemented on the power play. And, and again, you're not, it's not as if you're, you're creating something that is, you know, out of left field and it's not, it, this has been, I mean, we're in game, this is game 73 of the season, right? Or was it seven, no, sorry, 72 of the season. So if this is game 72 of the season, what new dimension to the power play are you trying to add that wasn't there and wasn't available, you know, going back to when Brad Lauer got injured, which is, you know, let's say three weeks ago around game 60 something. Mm-hmm. So the previous 60 games, I'm pretty sure that power play was the one that Brad Lauer instituted and they were working with. Now again, maybe if the, maybe if there's a second puck on the ice, that would help. Like maybe they need seven or eight guys. Look, I don't look, know. It, you know, we have talked like we have talked to we have talked this to death on the Saturday show, right? Like we've talked about the personnel and what and you know what we think they need to do. But Dave is hundred percent right. The Jets have an entire coaching staff, they have an entire infrastructure here. Like they need to figure this out. And like it, you know. Uh, if the jet, if the playoffs started today, the Jets are playing Vegas. I honestly, if they keep, if they're playing like this, I honestly don't think it matters who they play in the first round. They'll lose. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, look, the, the, this was they were tooth and nail to beat the Arizona Coyotes after failing to beat the San Jose Sharks not that long ago. I mean, you know, the, this team is just desperate for a victory any which way they can get it. When was the last time they controlled a game? They controlled the first period tonight, yes. 
Maybe that Edmonton game. Well, even then, they didn't, I don't even know if you would know, say they controlled no, that. Game. David and I talked lucky. about it. Yeah, yeah, David and I talked about it. It was the game. It was the game as either Saturday night game against the Chicago Blackhawks that started at nine o'clock right after the uh, right yeah. after the uh, the the uh, holiday break, the All Star break. Right. Yeah. That was the last time the Jets controlled the game top to bottom, and had that was it. over a month ago. Well, it was almost two months ago now, but, uh, you, you know, uh, not quite two months ago, but you're right, over a month ago. That was the last time they had what would be a quote-unquote easy victory. And you thought that maybe tonight was going to be that easy victory. They get the early goal. We'll get into it. They get the shorthanded goal. You're feeling good about yourself at 2 nothing after 20 minutes. And you just, like, is it an arrogance I really don't know what it is. Like they have no reason to be arrogant. Well, as per as per Rick Bonus's presser from this morning, I was looking at body language as he. I was trying to. I was becoming a body language expert, trying to read the body language of the players to determine how they were feeling, what they were thinking. And Dave's obviously joking, but you know, I said to Dave like during the third period, you know, it, the the way they were coming off the ice, like it looked like they had just you know lost a game seven nothing. Or just lost, looked like they lost the team puppy, right? Like you get out there and you find that dog. If anybody knows uh, their Billy Madison, right? But like, no, it's 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 really you know inexplicable as far as I'm concerned. I thought you know the first period, the effort in the first period was going to continue because you're right. right. I mean, the Ehlers goal, the Lowry goal, they were nice goals, and it, it's it, you know you mentioned arrogance. I mean. I, I don't have the answers anymore. I really don't. I didn't have the answers for the last few weeks. And it's really hard to understand again. And, and we're talking about a win here, boys, right? Like the Jets won the game and they got two points that they needed because Nashville won tonight. I think they won six, three, right? The flames yeah, are up they... two nothing right now. So again, they're not going to gain any points on the flames or predators. And I still maintain, by the way, you know, and it seems like I'm in the mi- minority here, but I think the Jets will make the playoffs but they're still going to probably have to win at least five of their last 10 games. And that's really not a guarantee at this point, because no. even though they have an easy schedule, uh, you know, you do have the Kings on Saturday, the Kings just absolutely, who did they just pump? They pumped the flames, right? Yeah. yeah they pump the flames a two. Right. So, I mean, like that's going to be a hard game. So uh, yeah, they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to flip a switch. That's the only way because they're playing so poorly right now. It's hard to imagine you know, we're going to see any different results coming up. Like, I'm not saying that they're not going to beat the Ducks. I'm not saying, you know, that they're, they're not going to have a chance against the Kings. I'm just saying that, you know, it's really mind-boggling how, you know, that second period was that bad considering that the first period went, you know, by all accounts pretty well. Yeah, that's just it. It's just, you know, you and if you if you match your performance from the first period in the second period, I'm not even talking about getting the two goals. But if you just have the same level of commitment and performance and everything else, you're going to win this one relatively easily. You just are. And instead, I mean, the, the Jets made the Coyotes look like the Boston Bruins. I mean, the, the, you know, that second period, it was like, what am I watching? This is hard to imagine. But that's what it was. And, 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 and the Jets are, you know, they were fortunate to get out of the second still with the lead. No, they had a better third period, aided significantly by Coyotes' penalty troubles. But, you know, when it's a one-goal game, fluky things can happen in a one-goal game. And the Jets needed a, an easy victory just to 
you know, boost up the confidence a little bit, and they still couldn't get themselves that despite having opportunity after opportunity handed to them. Let's get into it. It's the Betway Game Recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway. Dave is sporting the Betway hoodie tonight. Betway is one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. We welcome, I'm going to, I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, but Wonk is joining us from Argentina tonight. So, nice. Wonk, welcome to the chat. Welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We are worldwide, as you all know, between John Chan in Singapore and Wonk Passa joining us from Argentina. So, wherever you're baby, in, the greatest of all time. Wherever you're tuning in from, welcome and thanks for joining us here on the Illegal Curve post That's a country I've always show. wanted to visit, Argentina. I mean, there's a lot of countries. I'm not as... Uh, well-traveled as uh, you boys are, like Drew has been to Colombia, Dave's been to China, among uh, other countries. But yeah, Argentina is is right up there, one of the greatest soccer countries in the world, and uh, just looks beautiful. So there you go. As these travel advice is our new segment here on the program, brought to you by uh, whatever uh, tr- uh, travel travel agent Regina, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever travel agent wants to join us. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers opens the scoring for the Winnipeg Jets at the four seventeen mark of the first period it's an unassisted goal look if you turn over the puck at the blue line and Nikolai Ehlers is coming in on a breakaway good things are often going to happen and the first save was made by uh, by Bimelka but uh, uh, Ehlers got his own rebound and put a top shelf to give the Jets a much needed early one nothing lead as he yeah and look we all saw the goal you know Nick Ehlers was so pumped up Saw the fight last game. He's a guy that obviously, you know, hasn't been scoring at the rate he would like to. But you love the fact that Vermelka makes the first save and then Ehlers just falls it and bangs in the rebound, right? And, you know, he capitalized on a turnover, right? He creates this goal all himself. Um, so it's exactly what you want to do in the first, uh, you know, five or six minutes of the game. So you got to love that from, from Ehlers. I mean, the goal scoring struggles of the top six, we talked a lot about it on the Saturday morning show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's exactly what the Jets needed at that point in the game, but just great individual play by, by Ehlers there, Dave. Yeah. You know, it was, it, no, it was indeed as, and, and you know, that's exactly what the Jets needed was the Jets needed someone from the top six to, to kind of get, drag this team into the game, right. And, and get the, get the fans going and look, the fan energy was good to start the game. And, and this was a historic game as uh as i noted before the the start of puck drop because the jets actually with game 903 have now officially as andrew played more hockey games than the atlanta thrashers in the jets of course this was their 12th season or is their 12th season the thrashers had 11 the thrashers lost one to a lockout the jets lost half of one to a lockout and then two to pandemic so this was game 903 on the jets calendar uh, for them, and and I lost my train of thought because I got so excited to be able to share that little t- tidbit with you guys. But no, I mean, look, you needed Nikolai Ehlers to get this team into into the game, and and that's what he did. And you're right, it's it's nice anticipation by him, and it's a nice follow up. And it's kind of funny because, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'm still trying to figure out what Kevin Stenland did on Dylan Demello's uh, breakaway opportunity. Where Kevin Stenland saw Demello going, and I don't maybe he tried to hold up the Coyote. On that, on that, what could have been a 
one on or two on O, but really he would have been trailing and had a chance to, to pop in a rebound. But Nikolai Ehlers, good for him for popping in his own rebound and getting the crowd excited and, uh, and animated in this game. And yeah. I one, just wanted to add one more thing. Drew. Like yeah. the, it was Christian Fisher. I, for, I had to go back and look at the, like Christian Fisher, the puck comes in. I think he might've just come onto the ice. Dave, you might've seen that better because you were in the press box tonight, but uh, it's Fisher that causes the turnover. But it, the funniest thing about that breakaway is it was a long breakaway, but Ehlers was going at like quarter speed there, right? Like he could have almost, with how fast he is, he almost could have just glided in. But again, <laughs> that goal is all about the the second effort. But I just thought I wanted to point that out that, you know, that was the maybe one of the slower breakaways that we've ever seen from Ehlers. Well, you know, it actually is probably fortuitous in that sense that he, that he was a bit, that he was under control. Mm-hmm. He wasn't at reckless speed because, you know, not to say that reckless speed is necessarily a bad thing, but had he been going, you know, 100 miles an hour, let's say, he probably isn't in position to be able to bank in that rebound after the yep. made the original save because he was under control with his speed. And, you know, Ehlers under control with speed is still faster than whomever is chasing him. Uh, you know, significantly Ehlers, faster. Ehlers is faster than all of us stationary, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true there. Uh, no, I think you mean Ehlers stationary is faster than all of us moving. Is I think I that's what, what you meant. I think that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what you meant. But, anyways, Ehlers I talk good. good. Oh, yeah. You, you speak good. Bring <laughs> your brain speaks good, Inger. Uh, Ehlers opens the scoring, so it's a good start for the Winnipeg Jets. They get an all-important first goal uh, for a team that's been struggling to get that opening goal, and they get it uh, tonight. Jets make it 2-0. It'll take all of 7 minutes and 16 seconds later. It's a shorthanded goal. They can't score on the power play, but I guess they can score shorthanded. Adam Lowry, his 10th of the season. I believe that is his second shorthanded goal of the year as well, if I saw it. 10th of his career. Third, pardon me, third, sorry, yeah. third of the season. Uh, Morgan Barron and Neil Pionk uh, with the assists on this one. And it's just a sort of a textbook two-on-one. Uh, Barron collects the flip pass by Pionk, and I'm really not entirely sure what happened to the Coyotes' structure on this power play, that they somehow managed to, you know, just that Pionk just has the time to flip it up, and then there's just nobody around Baron and Lowry on this one. It's a great pass by Baron, yeah. tape to tape to to Lowry, Dave. But just odd coverage by the Arizona Coyotes. An odd might be charitable. Poor coverage by the Coyotes. <laughs> yes, uh, and and the Jets certainly take advantage to make it two nothing. Yeah, and and you liked that Morgan Baron, and and I saw some folks in the chat wondering why Baron's ice time was was limited. And I went and I looked at the ice tracker on NHL.com to see if there was anything to indicate uh, that he, you know, after the fight he got into in the well, that's second what I was period, say, Dave, that had a, that had part of it to do with. Well, it. that did for sure. It had part of it because he was in the penalty box for five minutes. In fact, when when he when Adam Lowry took his penalty, I was like, well, the Jets will have no problems because now they can have a shorthanded. Goal, but of course Morgan Barron is in the penalty box, and now Adam Lowry is in the penalty box. So there goes there goes that threat. But look, uh, it's a beautiful pass by Morgan Barron, who's been playing better and better as games have gone along, and he's kind of uh, you know cementing himself as a player who's again he's a young player you know in his pro career, and and he's but he's looking more and more confident in his play. And I liked the fact that he didn't kind of fumble the puck. He waited, waited, waited. And as soon as he realized there was an opportunity, got it over to Adam Lowry and Adam Lowry looked good for him. He's, he's heating up for Adam Lowry. I mean, that's two goals now in his last few games. And, and after going with one in 40, was it 43 
guys, I mean, for him, that's not a bad thing. And as I said, his 10th shorthanded goal of his career, he just trails Blake Wheeler in that department when it comes to shorthanded goals on this Jets club. So we know how good Adam Lowry has been when it comes to shorthanded opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it it's such a huge momentum, right? I mean, the Jets now have, uh, you know, uh, the goal for Mikael Ehlers. They've got the shorthanded goal. So they've got, there's a lot of excitement. And again, you've got the building buzzing and they're playing a good first period right? They're controlling the play. So everybody's thinking to themselves, self, is what is this Jets team? Because, you know, again, the Jets haven't, again, the Jets haven't gotten the results, but it's not as if they've played every game has been terrible, right? They've, they've controlled a lot of games, but they haven't gotten the results. Now, suddenly they're controlling, appearing to control the first period boys, but, and getting the results, right? They've got a couple of goals. So now they've got a two nothing lead. And so folks in the building, I think are understandably getting a little, a little excited which could have been a little premature. And, you know, just another thing on, on this goal here, like Drew's completely right. Like the Coyotes are just sl- slow and they're too deep in the jet zone. And it was, I remember Lawson Krauss was out there. So it was the, it was the Coyotes second power play, right? Because the first power play you've got, you know, Schmaltz and, and Keller and Hayton. I believe those are the three forwards on the first power play. You know, I would have to check daily face off, but they're just too deep there. And the thing is, you know, it might've been Maselli, who was on the forecheck, and and so Pionk shakes him off. But what I wanted to say here is that it's a really you know impressive play by Pionk because obviously you know Baron and Lowry, Dave, they take off right. But where Pionk puts that, it's kind of like that flip, like the old Eric Carlson. Like mm-hmm. obviously wasn't as nice as the the famous Carlson, but like where he puts it is in a position where it's in front of Morgan Baron. He can and skate so into it. Right, exactly. So it, it's, you know, Pionk has been criticized a lot. And, you know, he scores the big goal in the game against Nashville. But this was a really nice play here. And Pionk gets it started. So I think Pionk deserves a lot of credit when he, you know, struggles. And I'm not saying that he didn't have his struggles in this game. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying you got to give the guy credit here for the pass that he makes. And you also have to give Barron and Lowry the credit for converting the two-on-one, right? Because for all the criticism of the Jets' lack of goal scoring and the fact that, you know, they're looking for the pretty plays and they're passing too much. I mean, they they executed and they finished on this one. So even though, you know, that momentum, as Dave talked about, didn't carry over into the second period, that was a, a really nice goal, which obviously turned out to be the game winner. Well, you talk about Morgan Barron, and, you know, he's been one of the Jets' more consistent players uh, for the last number of weeks as the team has struggled. I would see, I would prefer him in an elevated role. You know, right now he's playing that fourth line role with with Stenland and Manalainen. I'm not sure why he's not, uh, you know, moving up in the lineup. I, I couldn't mean, agree more. You know, you know, I would have no problem with him. Uh, you know, where where Mason Appleton is on that left on that uh, third line. Frankly, I wouldn't have a problem with him playing up there with uh, on the second line if you're going to keep Ehlers and Dubois together. I would put Baron with them and move Wheeler down. Now and he handled I mean, himself pretty well in that fight, by the way. Like Baron, Baron is is, is not into that his type role. of player, but he's a big boy. Dave knows that. Yeah, and and I think that you know that obviously that fight had zero impact on the game, but you know I just thought I'd throw that in there. Like he handled himself well. Look, he, he won that fight. If you want to reward the guys who are doing the things that you need the team to be doing, Baron is one of those guys who needs to be rewarded, and I think he's got you know he's got some. I, I'd like to just see his him his his. Uh, him get an opportunity playing with some more skill guys because you know he he deserves credit. He deserves and this is that only his first full NHL season, right? right. Like last year was 
what did he play in the NHL? 30 games, 40 games? I forget, but it wasn't a full NHL season. Well, he's only 23, 24 years old, so he's only getting better here. You, you know, there's no reason why you can't move him up, drop Wheeler down, aside from politics or, or, or you know, all the, you know, the noise that it might create and move. Speaking of politics, I got my $375 check from the yeah. province today. Congratulations. How are you going to spend that? Or did you just hand it over to Naomi and say, here, dear, this is, you spent yeah, this now. I mean, it, it just goes to, yeah, it just goes into the uh, Ginsburg family slush fund. Uh, how's that slush fund coming? It's actually, <laughs> it's actually in the slush outside is where they yeah. keep the slush fund. It's just a fund of money they keep in the, in a, in a, in a dirty snow bank. Uh, very nice of you there, Izzy. But anyways, my point being that I'd move Baron up, Wheeler bump him down. That'd be where he's better suited to be playing and move Mason Appleton down. Again, Appleton is just, two hit or miss for his contributions from my perspective dave no i i agree with you i mean i've been a i've i thought that morgan Barron looked good uh, when he played for the moose in the playoffs i think he's continued to as i just said a few minutes ago i think he's continued to um rise to the uh, the opportunity rise to the occasion and and why he was dropped in the lineup was a bit inexplicable to me but right. some of the decisions have been inexplicable to me as to the lineup's decisions by you know, Rick bonus, i.e. Mm-hmm. why he's not going with Ehlers, Connor and Dubois, wow. which has been his, you know, as we've talked about was such a good line for them early in the season. If we and... see that Dave in the, in the future, I think we need to have a party. Well, I mean, it just, <laughs> well, we it, have $375 to, to, that can go towards the party. <laughs> exactly. Now. I'm paying boys, yeah. but it, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you need goals. It's, what have we talked about? This team has needed goals for a long time and, and you can throw, I mean, Mark Shively's not going to complain if he's playing with Blake Wheeler and Nito Niederreiter. That gives him, you know, a decent second line. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense why you, and and even then your third line of Baron Lowry and Nemesnikov. I mean, that's a good third line. So you really do have like the opportunity. Just, it doesn't make sense. Like I remember, and it's funny because the season, you know, there's so much going on and there's always games, games, games. But I was trying to think to myself, like when we, when he talked about this line and, and breaking them up and t- the idea of going back to them if needed. Well, I, Rick, it's that needed. Happened. It's needed right now. I mean, you need to score goals. Your team is not scoring. And, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they always talk about it on that commercial. Got to score to win. Jets lead to nothing. Jets lead to nothing <laughs> after 20 minutes. A, a very good period for the hometown team, a period that they by and large controlled. They had the possession. Uh, you know, they had 66.67% of the possession. In that what about in the second period, Drew? How was that possession? The, not as good. Not as good. You know, slightly tilted in favor of the Arizona Coyotes. How about 84.85% possession for the Arizona Coyotes at five on five in the second period? How do you explain uh, that, right? Like, I would like to. I, I would like it. it, it honestly, it like, to what what else is there? I, I really don't know, it, right? It, like, it's yeah. it's really hard to believe, right? Like, it was. We all know, right? Like, Dave Dave tweeted it either from his own account or the IC account, or maybe Drew you tweeted it like fifteen to sixteen minutes or something like that without a shot at home in mm-hmm. the second period against the Coyotes. Yeah, it, it's just like not acceptable. Like, well, it's just it's it's not acceptable. People paid money to watch that game tonight. Outshot eighteen to three in the second period. I mean, you know, uh, uh, that's just you. And it, it look, guys, it wasn't the Boston Bruins. And well, I, that's and, right. And again, credit to the Coyotes for going on a bit of a run towards the end of the season. And 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 to be honest with you, what are they doing? They they're giving a shit, right? They're giving a shit. They're just and, and, guys, and, got, 
and guys are playing for, and, and look, we all, we, we all know guys play for, for contracts. Guys are playing for their, you know, so they don't get relegated to the AHL next year. So I understand why teams care, but hello, the Jets should be as motivated as the Coyotes because, because it's, it's your, your play again, you don't want to, how many times do we say anything you built up in those first 30 games, the 41 points that you accumulated, those are long, long gone. You, you use that. You, those dollars, they've been spent as he's 375 gone. <laughs> It's blown through. So the reality is, you, you know, you don't want to have to, you, you still are in a position where you don't have to scoreboard watch. You don't have to watch Nashville. You don't have to watch Calgary. But for that not to take place, you have to win hockey games and you have to do it in a somewhat convincing fashion. Because, and that's the skepticism. I mean, Rick Bonus was asked about it in his media availability this morning about by I, Scott Billick and the Winnipeg Sun asked him and basically said, like, what gives you confidence that this group is going to be able to do it? And I'm not going to, I don't remember exactly how he said it. So if you want to, you know, listen to that little site called illegalcurve.com, go to the pregame report. You can listen to Rick Bonus's response. But I mean, what gives you confidence, guys? I mean, what is the indicator that this team is, I sh- again, I don't want to contradict myself. The team has played better, you know, really since that Edmonton game, the, the crazy 7-5 game. And I'm not giving them credit because they went up against Soupy Campbell, who was, who had a few holes in his game. But yeah, it's more the, like the Soupy Jets- Sales. <laughs> But the Jets did seem to, you know, pl- start playing a little bit better, you know, in, in spurts at least. But and then they've regressed, Dave. The last three games have not been good, like the Nashville game included. No, I agree. I, I know. And again, like I said, they've, they've had moments, right? Like, and they've gone up against hot goaltenders, Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, they like their game. James Reimer, they like their game. So there's been an instance where Your boy Swayman? Well, Jeremy Swayman played out of his mind, and uh, that's what uh, that's what you know his own coach said how mm-hmm. good he was because it was funny. It was, again, it was one of those games where, Ezzy, I said to you, and like Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, you didn't really notice those guys. You didn't notice that they were like they weren't taking over the games. It wasn't like the Jets got dominated by Boston. But again, what do we keep talking about? Your power play zero for nineteen. You went mm-hmm. over five against Boston. How much of a difference could that have made? You went over mm-hmm. four against Nashville. Fine, you won the game, right? You went, what did they go against St. Louis? Were they over two, I think, against St. Louis? No, well, Tory Krug went crazy, remember, that early in that game. They had I mean, how many minor. power plays? Yeah, but I mean, oh, but I overall, they had, four, they had four or five. Is it over four? Game? Yeah, so I, I mean, Tory Krug went what we call Meshuggah. That's yeah, what happened. Exactly. So the point is that you've got all of these, like, these are the opportunities that, you know, we talk about, and you've got all this firepower. And you're doing absolutely nothing with it. And so that that's the part that, that is a killer because I don't care if you dominate, you know, the game. I don't care if you outchance your opponent. If you're taking these, you're squandering. You're squandering. Kind of like the way the Jets have done. As you remember, the Jets were at one point, oh, are the Jets going to finish first in the Central? Could the fin- Jets finish first overall in the West? And they squandered that. And similarly, they're squandering these games because of the fact that their power play has been so abysmal. Uh, 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 you're right, Dave. So no argument with anything you said there. The Coyotes dominate the second period, as we discussed. Uh, you know, the Jets just no-showed the entire period. They're fortunate to only be down two, pardon me, to only give up the one goal and still maintain the, the lead after 40 minutes. The Coyotes scored at the 1146 mark of the second period after sending wave after wave after wave after wave after wave at the Jets. Barrett Hayden, his 15th assist to Clayton Keller and Nick schmaltz it's just a good net front battle they they bang and hack and 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 poke at a puck and eventually hayton is able to give get it past connor hellebuck uh we'd be remiss 
if we also didn't talk about the incredible save that Connor Hellebuck made a few minutes before this one. Absolutely. Just the sort of desperation, uh, throwing his paddle out at the puck and and knocking it away and, and making a great save. But again, that didn't phase the Coyotes. They just kept coming and coming and coming at the Jets, and the Jets had no answer for them. And the fact that the Jets didn't have an answer for the Arizona Coyotes it should tell you all you need to know about how that second period went. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? The Coyotes, I don't think, are going to be very good next year. But, like, I think you, you have to give them credit for at least that now they have an identity and now they're a team that is tough to play against. We talked about it. They've won six of their last eight, right? Drew, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned it, right? right. So, like, they, they were a laughing stock earlier in the season, but they've put together a good home record. And, you know, they almost tied this game up tonight against the Jets. And you're right. I mean, Hellebuck made the big save, but... Hayton, Keller, and Schmaltz, like that line is really good. Schmaltz was a guy that we were talking about a couple weeks prior or a week prior to the deadline as an option for the Jets. I know Dave, you know, really liked that option uh, for the Jets. So look at Hayton's a good player. And, you know, Shifley was a guy, you know, on social media. I'm sure you guys saw it too. People in the chat are going to, you know, question what Shifley was doing here. But really to me, like it's, it's the whole team here in their own zone. Like there's just too much stick checking. Mm-hmm. There's just too much. Like it's just flat footed. Exactly. Like flat footed, standing around, passive. Like Nita Riders out there. It was Shifley. I believe the entire line was out there. Shifley, Connor, um, and Nita yeah. Rider. And it's just you know Schmaltz is is kind of just dangling around in the zone. Mm-hmm. And you know like the pucks put on net. Like it. It's just like again. It's just poor defensive coverage. And you know so. Barrett Hayton's on his knee and mm-hmm. Shifley's there, but he's just not hard enough on him. He's just yeah. not tying him up. He's not body checking. Like how many body checks were there in this game, by the way? Like I realized that, you know, you weren't expecting this to be rock and sock and hockey, but I mean, it just seemed like in, especially in that second period, the Coyotes just entered the zone, did whatever they wanted. You yeah, know, the Jets kind of sat back like on this goal. It was just, you know, to me way too loose in your own zone and the Coyotes were just able to to do – they were hanging on to the puck for way too long and were able to do too much, and the Jets just weren't hard enough defensively in that sequence. I, I can't quibble with anything you said there, as it was just an absolutely bewildering second period, Dave, especially given how you played the first period. And like I said, the only word that comes to my mind is arrogance because – I think they thought, well, we scored two in the first. That's enough. We don't need to play the. We don't need to play the second. Uh, to their credit, we have they people in Argentina that are saying that the Jets were terrible in the <laughs> second period. Like that's where this is. Like this is international now, boys. <laughs> it's an international incident. The Jets play in the second period. There, Dave. Uh, to their credit, they come back better in the third. But just that second period was just just top to bottom, absolutely awful. Oh, I mean, I, I was in the building and, and, yeah. you know, it's funny after watching that first period, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, let's see what happens in the second. <laughs> I remember I'm, I'm sitting in the press box and you're kind of, you, the shots also kind of creep up on, on you, right? You're kind of like, again, you're trying to pay attention to so many different things and so many different things are happening, mm-hmm. but I'm watching and, and also I, like, it's kind of like one of those things that you're, you're aware of and you're like, wait, did the Jets not get a shot on their power play? Wait a second. Did the Jets not, Jets not have a shot since like, the five minute mark of the second period. Like what is going on to like have such poor control of a game. And I understand that you're going to get some pushback from a coyotes team, but yeah, as he's right, like the defense in a total. And again, that's often what happens, right? Like it's easy to pinpoint Mark Shifley because Mark Shifley was not good defensively on that coyotes goal. 
he's literally look. He's his head's he's kind of swiveling around, but he's really not even looking where he's supposed to as the center, and he completely misses the the man. And I mean, he's got doesn't you know he's too little, too late at the point when he I thought Demello too was kind of he was wandering too. Demello was. You know, left shot defenseman. He's one of the Jets' best defensive defensemen, if not the Jets' best defensive but, defenseman. But again, I mean, there, there's a lot of lot of blame to share. To your point, Dave. Well, and Ezzy, that's the that's the point I'm making is that you know what we were saying the last few shows is you know it's easy to pinpoint one guy and say, well, what was he doing? That you know that's where the the goal broke down. But yeah. as you said, and you're right, it's it's a whole totality of players that really broke down on that shift, which allowed Arizona to kind of have that opportunity. And in the end, you know, you get burnt and it makes Mark Scheifele look bad, but you're right as there's a bunch of guys who you can hang that goal on and say, what were you doing? Where were you? Why weren't you in the proper position? And, and unfortunately for the jets, you know, that's happened a lot this year and, and, you know, to their credit, uh, you know, they were able to lock it down for the rest of the game, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an ideal second period by any stretch of the imagination, uh, other than Connor Hellebuck's uh, incredible save, the paddle save, which was uh, phenomenal uh, by him. You're absolutely right. Worth noting, Mark Shifley didn't register a shot in either of the first two periods, meaning he went five periods without getting a shot on goal for the Winnipeg Jets. And that includes which, multiple power plays. Yes, it does. It includes multiple power plays. That just can't happen. You know, if you, if you fashion yourself as a star in this league or, or an exceptional player, you can't go five periods without getting a shot. Uh, I forgot to mention, though, that uh, Adam Lowry's goal in the first period, that is our Seagram shot of the game. Seagram's VO, integrity, tradition, craftsmanship, all demonstrated by that goal by Adam Lowry in the first period. Big thanks to Seagram's for the sponsorship of the shot of the game and their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Seagram's products available at your local liquor mart or wherever fine liquor products are sold. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's. The third period, much better for the Winnipeg Jets. No goal scored by either team in the third period. Somehow the Jets managed to uh, have eight minutes of power play time in the third period, and they didn't register a goal. So that isn't good. The good you, part, like, of course. No, no. Like, sorry, Drew, to cut you off, which I I, I tend to do every you know okay. two, two minutes. But was, like, not only did they not score any goals on those power plays, but yeah. can you remember like any sequence in any of those power plays that stands out? that you know you liked or they were doing like that's yeah. the thing that's the, the most the first power play in the third period where 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 Kesselring was in the uh, the box for holding that was the best the Jets power play has looked during this slump uh no it didn't sorry, the, in the first period no no the third period Kesselring's oh, penalty early in the third period uh led to the Jets having I thought their best power play of the game but it certainly didn't look it didn't require Vamelka to make any grade A saves or anything, but at sure. least there was but at some least movement. they had control and they yeah. had yeah, there was they they had they were they had something going on, but they had it's unbelievable. Like on. our, our buddy Garrett Hole was was tweeting about this as he does for most games, like just the 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 difficulty on zone entries and just the the difficulty getting it set up. And again, it it, it almost at this point in the season, like Dave said, when you're 70 plus games into the season and you're still having trouble with the fundamentals of your power play. And look at, they do have some time left, but you know, even you guys know me, like the glass half full guy, the most optimistic guy, really, when it comes to the Jets, mm. I'm starting to lose a little bit of optimism here. 
I, I really am. When you lose Ezzy's optimism, folks, you know that it's a real well, sincere and, and, problem. And I, I, I still think, and you can go back and you can listen. I've been saying this for weeks that I still think the Jets are going to hang on and make the playoffs here. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you said earlier, Drew, I think it was a good point that you made. It's one thing to win a game, but it's another thing to win a game ugly. And and this was an ugly win. It certainly was. You know, the Coyote possession. ugly. There like that? Go. Yeah, I did like that. That was very good. Possession Great for movie. the Jets Remember in that third dancing period. dancing on the bar? Just go ahead. Go keep yeah. going. Thank you. We don't need you to recap the plot. Uh, the plot of, of Coyote Ugly. We all remember it. Uh, I think you, Dave might have. Dave might have enjoyed. You know, maybe Dave M and I will, will watch Coyote Ugly after the post game show. Dave, That's are going you back like twenty years now? It's probably longer than that. But uh, Dave, can you or sorry, Drew? Can you name the actress? Piper Parabo. Oh wow! I was not expecting that. But then again, after you know, Cocaine Bear, you know, we got to give Drew credit. He's the you know resident cinephile. <laughs> I'm glad you said cinephile. I could have gone any way, any which way there. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, if you're looking for for things to be positive about in the third period, you'd say the possession numbers: three quarters in the Jets' favor, seventy-five percent to twenty-five percent uh, in the third period. That's at five on five. Never mind, of course, all the the power play possession the Jets had. The Coyotes. Uh, really ran themselves into penalty difficulty, which which uh, you know helped the Jets hold on for the two one victory tonight. Dave, uh, not not impressive, not anything you're going to write home about, but they get the much needed win on home ice when they needed it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you needed the two points in the standings bank, and that's what you did, and especially with Nashville winning and Calgary winning or currently winning three we'll one, they're on. up. Yeah, I know. Drew loves Drew loves the uh, the updates. So hey, if if you can give Moose updates, I can give out of town scoreboard updates when they're relevant to the to the Jets' place in the standings. Sure, fair enough, absolutely. Thank you. Um, but the point is that the Jets uh, Jets needed those two points, and so they got them. And they'll practice tomorrow. Uh, we'll have to find out. And I didn't see if there's anything on the old Twitter machine, Drew. So you'll have to provide an update if there was an update on Dylan Sandberg. The reason why. For folks asking, because some folks were asking why Kyle Capobianco was in the lineup against his former team. By the way, I'm pretty sure the Jets are undefeated when Kyle Capobianco is in the lineup. But but he played just fine. So, he, no, know, no, not, I, I know. But but anyways, the point is yeah. that Dylan Sandberg blocked the shot today in morning he skate. Was one of the better defensemen for the Jets. I know. Like, I, like, I, and and the thing is, like you know that that old cliche where sometimes when a defenseman's not noticeable, that's a that's good thing. Exactly. Like, I think that's a good thing for Capobianco. Like yeah. he plays a rather, I think you'd agree, Dave, like a rather kind of basic simplified sure. game, but it's, it's effective. So, Hey, the, Je- the Jets, we hope, yeah, the Jets defense as the Jets defense could afford to uh, in totality play a, a kind of boring, unnoticeable game, but yeah, Dylan Sandberg blocked the shot. So uh, he was, that was the reason it wasn't certain. But uh, and Rick Bonus hadn't indicated anything uh, after the morning skate, but uh, obviously he wasn't ready to go because Kalkov Bianco took warm up and played in the game, and Dylan Sandberg did dress. So I don't know if uh, he addressed it post game, but I haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, I, there, it was it was a rather small crew with Kenny out in Arizona and Mike in Vegas. So it was just Jeff and Murat and uh, Scott uh, post game. So we'll see if there's anything there. Uh, T Kona, don't worry, I will get one of those tomorrow morning from. Uh, Head coach Mark Morrison, T. Kona Paul is asking for a Declan Chisholm update because the 2018 fifth rounder, uh, even though the Moose won the game in Chicago, had a bad, unfortunate spill where he had to be helped off the ice. So we'll, we'll hopefully have an update on that tomorrow. You mentioned Capo Bianco led all Jets defensemen in Corsi at 71.4%. So certainly a very solid performance. How many games has he played, Drew? 
I, you know, like I can look it up real quick. He hasn't played a lot, but in Ooh, every Capo? game that he's the, yeah. every game that he's played, 10? he's been he's been yeah, perfectly 10? reasonable. Oh, I didn't think he'd be played that many, but I thought he's I played at least seven. 10, I thought it was like five to seven. Uh this year so far, he has played eleven so far this year. Oh, as he's right. 12, okay, eleven. 12. Okay, but you know, I, twelve but includes he, tonight. So maybe if uh, this well, prices tonight. If this is prices right rules. Give me the washer and dryer right now. <laughs> there you go. But you know, Anyways. for a guy that nobody really expected much of, he's he's been perfectly reasonable. Now I wonder if he gets more playing time if you see Warts develop. But in those twelve yeah, games, always a possibility. Yeah, in those twelve games, he's been absolutely uh, fine for the Winnipeg Jets. Very serviceable uh, in his very limited duties. Anyways, there's your Cap- Kyle Capobianco update for tonight. The Jets victorious two one. He used to play over- for the Coyotes, by the way. He did, yes. Uh, I Jeff, watched him play uh, in Arizona at Jobbing.com Arena in front of a just a beautiful, enthusiastic crowd. One of the better crowds <laughs> in the entire NHL. It's like watching a game in a library. <laughs> a, a library that, 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 that at that point in time, uh, you know, sat $200 million library. Yeah. yeah, sat 15,000 people. Uh, big, th- uh, big, uh, that's the uh, illegal curve uh, Betway game recap. That's what I'm trying to go for. Brought to you by our friends at Betway. A big thanks to them for their continued sponsorship of the illegal curve post game show. Uh, Betway, it's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Big thank you to Arian Amanze, who has decided to uh, give us some money. We appreciate that uh, for for and gave us a comment uh, talking about cocaine they- there as well. So there you go. Big thank you to Arian Amanze for his contributions here to the illegal. So Arian gave us money to tell us that Cocaine Bear was a bad movie. He could have done that for free. He could have, but he decided to be generous. Maybe you should be a little bit more generous there, Mr. Ginsburg. You know, now the slush fund is up. Yeah, I've got a fat check from from Heather Stephenson. I'm good. I don't need $6.99. You can have that $6.99, boys. The slush fund is up to $381.99 now, folks. (laughs) So, you know, we're just rolling in the dough. When we come back on the Illegal Curve postgame show, more of our nonsense, including the controversy that is engulfing the city of Regina. You don't want to miss this one. It is good for some laughs. Much more to come. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you on a Tuesday night. It's the Illegal Curve postgame show. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. 
Rolly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 25 minutes before the top of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live here on a Tuesday evening. We'll be back at it Thursday night. The Jets head out west for the final regular season West Coast trip uh, that they're going to experience. I believe the game time is 9 o'clock Central Time on uh, Thursday night, which means post-game will be about a late night, 11.45 p.m. I think Kenny uh, Weeb is on Route 66 as we speak right now, boys. He's, uh, I think he's, I think he's at the, the Southern, uh, the Southern mansion that Kenny has in, uh, in beautiful Arizona. And he's going to be on the road trip as well, uh, heading out West with the Winnipeg Jets as they play in, uh, in, Anaheim, LA, and San Jose. A, a bizarre road trip in that there are no back-to-backs. Usually you see some back-to-backs on this one, but there aren't any back-to-backs. I'm on not complaining, Drew. Winnipeg Jets. I know you're not. Uh, it's going to be a late night on Thursday. And then uh, I believe the – the is it is it a Monday game that they play in San Jose? or Tuesday. It, it's a Tuesday. So it's Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday. So they yeah. actually get a fair bit of rest. And that Tuesday game is real late. That's not till a 9.30 Central Time start time. Uh, so That's why Dave bought the bunk beds. That's right. So you guys can just cuddle <laughs> yeah. up together. You got that the aluminum sense. bunk beds here. 
Uh, you guys, I expect to see you guys in your pajamas uh, doing the show uh, together. A uh, quick uh, note from our buddy Scott Billick, uh, who just wants some adding a little bit of fuel to the fire that is the poor Winnipeg Jets power play. 0 for 19 over their past five games. On those 19 power plays, the Winnipeg Jets have managed a grand total of 29 shots. That is terrible. That is less than two shots a power play. So just to you know, tell you just how bad the power play has been. Uh, you know, the tonight they had six power plays, eight shots total against St. Louis. Three power plays, five shots against Nashville. Four power plays, five shots against the Bruins. Five power plays, ten shots. So the power play struggles continue. For the Winnipeg Jets, no better tonight, but nonetheless, they still managed to squeak out a victory over the Arizona Coyotes by a 2-1 margin. All-important victory, but nonetheless, not a very impressive victory. Ezzy, Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Who is getting the prize for tonight's postgame show? Well, first off, one of the better names, someone who is a frequent uh, viewer and we he, see the comments in the chat. Bob's videos, just like this comment, uh, there you go, is from about 10 minutes ago. Took my wife to the game, and her only comment was, our 12-year-old's A3 hockey team look better than the two teams on the ice. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it gets any more harder hitting than that. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and you know, the, the reason why I like it is because the Coyotes weren't that great in the first or third periods, and then were completely dominant in the second period. So really, everything about this game was was just, it was just off. It was just terrible. So Bob's videos, send me an email with your real name because uh, Bob's videos is a uh, cartoon, right? That's Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers, right. And I'm not sure what Bob's videos is, but it's an sure. awesome name, whatever it is. Uh, so send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com with your mailing address and Tough Tuck will ship out a toque to you. We've still got at least, uh, I don't know, a week, two weeks left of winter. It's been pretty cold in the mornings. Then it gets you know pretty nice in the afternoon. So We'll, uh, you know, send you a toque and you can wear that for, you know, at least the next uh, week or so. So uh, Bob's videos, congrats. You are the tough duck, hardest hitting comment winner for tonight. There you go. Congratulations to Bob's videos. Here's a quote from Jets head coach Rick Bonus after tonight's game. That's three games with that team, that team being the Coyotes, and they're all 2-1. Jets head coach Rick Bonus said they're hard to play against. Sometimes you give the opposition some credit. Give them credit for the second period. That third period, we played the right way. We did all the little things necessary. We controlled the pace of the game. We played on our toes and were a much harder team to play against. We were pressuring them all over the ice. That's Winnipeg Jets hockey. Uh, I guess that obviously was not the same game that I was watching. (laughs) I think that the head coach. Where was the pressure? Where was the pressure? I didn't. And here's his quote about the... Keep reading these these riveting quotes. Uh, We stopped attacking. We got soft with the puck. Rick Bonus talking about the second period. They were fighting to get back in the game. We got hemmed in our zone a couple of shifts, which took all the steam out of our game. When that happens, someone has to get it and ice the puck and reset. We weren't even able to get it. It's funny, Bonus said. The second period, the bench, it got quiet. They could see what was going on. The third period, though there was a lot of energy on the bench, and that took itself out on the ice. We had everyone going. The bench was really energized in the third. They knew what was at stake. They knew we had to find a way to win. 
the game. And that's why we scored four power play goals in the third period. <laughs> Ezzy, you are being very cynical, my well, friend. No, well, no, I mean, like, nobody can watch that game. Nobody, even the most optimistic Jets fan couldn't watch that game and have the, and provide that, you know, summation of, of what happened out there. Yes, the Jets were better in the third period than the second period. It's because they were dog crap in the second period and were outshot 18 to three and didn't have a shot for 16 minutes. So like when we like, and yes, Drew, like coaches have to spin it in, in, you know, a team positive type of way, but I mean, come on. I mean, the Jets were, were pretty lucky to win this game tonight. Well, and more importantly, they wanted on our boy Bruce's mom's birthday. So happy birthday to her. Happy hopefully birthday she to had a Bruce mom. Hopefully she had a great night and she did because she got they to see her boy. favorite, favorite players score. So great night for her. So we wish her a ha- very happy illegal curve birthday or birthday on behalf of illegal curve. I should say. Okay. Yes, exactly. Right. Let's do some contests before we get into the city of Regina. Uh, Dave, we have the illegal. Just don't curve show us movie. anything, Drew. I'm not going to. We're, we have the we have the illegal curve merchandise contest. Uh, the way that you enter the illegal curve merchandise contest is by going to the drop down arrow on the YouTube channel, clicking the contest link. If you can't find it there, you go to our website, illegalcurve.com. You find the contest link there. You enter in the unique code word along with a whole list of other things you can do to get entries to win great Winnipeg Jets merchandise. The unique code word for the illegal curve contest, Dave M. What what is the code word tonight? Kirk Kilback. I want to give a shout out to Kirk Kilback. You know, we uh, we had him on the show not that long ago. And, and you know, every time, every once in a while, when they play a clip and you hear that voice, and if you if you were a Jets 1.0 fan and or you just covered that team, you know, back in the day, you couldn't help but think of his voice, Don Whitman's voice also. But Kirk Kilback's voice, so many classic, iconic calls, maybe uh, lament. You know, missing Dennis Bayak. I was—I don't know why I was feeling. I wasn't thinking about the word of the unique code word, but I was thinking about Dennis today while I was walking around the press box. Maybe I'll send him a text. But he'll be like, "How'd you get my number?" <laughs> but uh, no no, Kirk, Kirk Hillback. No, we, but Kirk Hillback was a uh, was a was a classic when we got him to say "Great Save Essence" on that show. So that was like a highlight of uh, being on a legal curve for for me. But anyways, good good for. Uh, Good one to remember and always nice to remember uh, some Jets 1.0 history, especially, like I said, in light of the fact that uh, Jets 1.0 and Jets 2.0 played, and this was now the most they've ever played more than the Atlanta Thrashers. And it's interesting that... Isn't that crazy, Dave? Like, I realize this is year 12, but, like, it's, yeah. it's still crazy to think the Jets have, have been in Winnipeg longer than the Thrashers were in, in uh, Atlanta. Well, and, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times people complain as about, you know, remembering Atlanta. And first of all, we respect the fact that there's still some fans who sure. who pay attention and, oh, yeah. and support the Winnipeg Jets who are from Atlanta because they supported that team. Similar to the fact that some Jets fans, not many, I don't think, but some Jets fans still supported Phoenix when they were down there because of some of the players that were on the, I mean, how could you not support Tepo Newman? You'd have to be a monster not to support Tepo. But the fact is, you know, like it's interesting because someone someone was was asking because oftentimes I I will put facts out there saying here's the Jets fa- Jets 2.0 and Thrashers here's the Jets times the Jets and here's just the Jets alone, but um, and say how long do Jets have to keep mentioning the Thrashers? And I said, well, the NHL counts that, and they said, well, do they do that for anybody else? So I went and I looked, 
And actually, if you look at the season records for the Calgary Flames, they have the Atlanta Flames uh, records there. If you mm-hmm. look at the New Jersey, as these New Jersey Devils, Colorado, Colorado Rockies. Rockies, and the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, actually for two. Shout years. out to Chico Resch, Dave. I think they're, exactly. They're, so, well, pretty sure they're, 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 they were the Kansas City Scouts, weren't they? What I say, Chiefs. Yeah. Well, obviously not the football team, but yes, Kansas City Scouts. And yeah. the point is, but I will say, by the way, the Kansas City, the Colorado Avalanche. The original version had the greatest jersey of all time. Lanny McDonald, that mustache, and those jerseys were amazing. Yep. You mean the Colorado, the the, the Colorado Rockies. Rockies? Rockies. Yeah, I'm yeah. getting everybody wrong. Who cares? <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long week, and not like I got 17 games in a row no, coming no. up. But regardless, yes. Well, I like the Colorado Avalanche jerseys too, especially when they wear the Nordiques ones. But it's all a mishmash. So, anyways, I, it's a curious question though. How much longer will people still mention? I know people don't like it being mentioned. But and and the curious thing I was I was wondering, and you guys wouldn't be able to answer this, but I was curious: Do folks in other markets that have had teams move there reference those teams? So do folks in Calgary reference the Atlanta Flames when they're mentioning some record of note? And I know that you know obviously the Flames have been around for a long time. Yeah. Or do people in Colorado mention the Quebec Nordiques? Well, the, well, the reality sort of is, Dave. You know when you're talking about the. Calgary Flick, because how long were the Atlanta Flames in existence? Five years? I want to yeah. say it was eight, you know, I think it was like eight years. Okay, so eight years, but then the Flames have been in existence for four, talking 35, 40 years. Yeah. So yeah. the likelihood of any record, you know, being held by someone that played for the Atlanta Flames is non existent, right? True. But True. you still have records now uh, with the Jets when you're talking about, you know, Blake Wheeler or somebody. You know, or Brian yeah, Lillard or Koval, something like that. Ilya Kovalchuk has all right. Like, so the way I look at it, as the years pass, like you know, however many years, five years from now, something like that. Yeah, you're not really going to have like you'll still have you know some guys on the Thrashers who might have the odd record, but most of the records are going to be held by guys that played for the Jets. That's like your I boy Thorbs has and having the most penalties. Does he still have the most penalties? I mean, the reality is like the Jets don't have a lot of guys that take a lot of penalties, or if they have. You know, those guys don't stick around, right? So maybe Lowry will I'm sure Lowry's up there at this point. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm check I'm checking as we speak to get if that. I had to guess, I would say Lowry would be top three all time. Thorburn most eight hundred and thirty-two, Dustin Bufflin, second most, eight twenty-six, Eric Bolton, part of the Greek God line, six thirty-nine, yeah. Blake Wheeler fourth, six oh four, Jeff Odgers, fifth, five hundred and thirty-two. Garnet Exelby. Six. Where's Lowry? Lowry's not even in the top five. Wow. Well, Surprising. remember, Ezzy, that's 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 the, uh, of the that's the combined. So you know, I mean, well, they, and and Audgers, Exelby, those guys used to yeah. chuck uh, chuck the knuckles pretty pretty. Well, if you look way. again, the, if Is you Axel look at the Manitoban, I think he was. Uh, I yeah. think he is. Yeah, I think that's right. But remember, the, the Thrashers also had like like their winning percentage was. I think yeah. the Jets' winning percentage is about five fifty. I think the Thrashers was four forty seven, something like that. Uh, you know. Uh, we have to. How, do how are you going to segue to Regina here, Drew? Well, as right. there's sometimes. Oh, he didn't do it, Drew. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, we beep, don't have a winner, don't we? You even declare the winner yet? You did. Well, the I'm getting to, to it. I'm getting to it because sometimes in life, the symmetry is just so perfect. The city of Regina is uh, the tourism Regina, which was their tourism agency, is mm-hmm. has been rebranded to Experience Regina, and it's come under fire for some controversial new tourism slogans, such as, quote, show us your Regina. Oh, I can't believe you're going to do this. And the city that rhymes with fun. 
So they've had to apologize for those new tourism slogans. Sorry, what? I don't get the second one. The city that rhymes with fun. Regina, the city that rhymes with fun. Oh. Dolores. Yeah. If I want, if I have to use the Seinfeld reference, I think it's funny. Of course, it's funny. It's funny. But, like, why not just have fun with it? Because everybody has to get up and arms. Actually, about to, be, to be to be to be honest with you, the controversy is probably the best thing that's ever happened to them. Because we're talking. I promise you, we wouldn't be talking about it yeah. if it was come visit the Queen City or or, or some nonsense like that. But mm. or the, Canada's my, heartbeats. Yeah. Well, my my point is, or made from what's real. Yeah, I mean, again, what does that mean, Dave? Like, honestly, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I, I think I'm made from what's real. Like, if you cut me, I would bleed. So I think yes. I'm real, but who knows? I, I yeah, mean, I don't have an MBA, so like, I, I I don't know what like a good marketing slogan is. But I, I mean, I don't think those are good slogans. The Manitoba the re- ones. The reason why it fits in so perfectly oh, with the illegal curve merchandise contest. Remember, show us your vagina. The city that rhymes with fun. Oh, Drew. Oh, the dear. merchandise contest winner, and I swear to God, folks, this is completely random. Dick ass man. Dan, Don Glowbush. <laughs> I mean, we can, we didn't make this up. <laughs> I mean, Don, congratulations. It's over. Ring the bell. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I it, it, it can't work any better than this. That this... City of Regina nonsense comes out at the same time as Don Globush is is the winner uh, of tonight's illegal curve merchandise. Yeah, I wish I could say it was staged, but it wasn't. Of course, we, and, and we... folks, if I'm offending you, I, I do sincerely apologize. Yeah, you but might be have... offending Don Globush because that's his last name potentially. That's true, and it's a normal. You you're not offending anybody, Drew. It's just funny. You're not you're not saying anything. Uh, Drew, we, Drew, inappropriate on the, here. It's funny. Drew, on this on the behalf of the city of Regina and this, and Don Globush, I would appreciate an apology. Okay, well, I will apologize to the city of Regina. I apologize to Don Globush. Uh, I think uh, the it could be pronounced slogans, Globush, not Globush. Well, well whatever for our, it is, for our purposes tonight, it's Globush. For the purpose, yeah. of, you know, as he, when I was starting to, to <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe it, Dave. <laughs> because you know when I when I saw this Regina story th- this afternoon, I was like, "Well, yeah. we have to bring this up just because it's so ridiculous." And oh, yeah, that, was, that up, was made for you, Drew. It, right up my alley, like just just the fastball down the heart of the plate. <laughs> and then it's only in the last two minutes that I actually saw the name of the merchandise contest winner. And when I saw the the, the name of the merchandise contest winner is Don Globush, I was like, "That's it. There's yeah. no way I, I'm I'm mature enough to to pass up this opportunity." It's, it's the cherry on top of a evening. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know, look, the city of Regina, where where how could they be offended? That's the city that brought us Dick Assman back in the day. So we have Dick Assman, show us your Regina, and Don Globush. So it's coming full circle today on the illegal curve post game show god. uh god help us all is really all i can say uh, about that. so good we are uh so congratulations to don dave will be in touch with you of course uh, to hook you up with your winnipeg jets merch john chan by the way john chan didn't realize that that he had won because of course when we announced that john chan was the winner of the ic contest yes uh he was sleeping because of the time difference in uh, Singapore, Singapore, yeah. But John I thought Chan... he was sleeping because he was watching the Jets power play game. <laughs> That's a, that would be another reason to sleep as. But no, John Chan was excited to be a winner, and we've got another number of other winners that I've reached out to, and 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 we'll be getting some of your merch out. And again, I understand if folks are still waiting for their merch. Trust me, it's slowly but surely getting taken care of. It's it's a lot of work for Dave M, and I'm trying to get it all handled. But uh, don't worry, uh, one of these days I'll get Ezzy in the. In, 
in the van. We'll t- we'll get we'll t- we'll rent a van since I don't own one. But maybe or as we'll take Aziz. I have a van. Aziz got a yeah, van. That's true. You got a 2017 Dodge Caravan, Dave. Hashtag you someone's can see doing him well. rolling. <laughs> You've never seen a van with hydraulics in it before, but as he's got the hydraulics yeah, rocking, I was on that actually van. Uh, a few years back. I was on Pimp My Ride, so I've actually got like a fridge and uh, yeah, like there's a foosball table in the van. It's great. Shout out to Exhibit. Thanks for pimping my ride. <laughs> wow, that's a that's an old school reference. Alrighty, there you have it. By folks. the way, I do just not have. Here, just hit end show. Don't yeah, even I mean, don't even do. Don't thank the sponsors. Just end the show. Well, I will say quickly, though, I do not because people are asking the Moose, of course, get going, kick off their eight game homestand tomorrow against Rockford. And some folks were asking if I had tickets to that game to give away in the illegal curve zone. I do not. I just checked. I managed to while uh, Ezzy and Drew were bloviating. I managed to log into the account and check and no such luck for tickets tomorrow's game. But I do have tickets for the games this weekend because, of course, there's a game on Friday in a rematch against the Ice Hogs. And then they take on the Laval Rocket starting on Sunday. And that's a two o'clock Which start. is the celebrating women in sport game with proceeds, some proceeds going to Hockey Manitoba. I was going to say that's, I was going to allow you to take that one on as. I so that'll be women's hockey programs at Hockey Manitoba. That would be. Yeah, it's going to grassroots female program. There you go. Now yeah. we're talking. It's not going to the Ginsburg Fund, Drew. <laughs> to answer Rob Mahoney, I do not have any tickets to give away to Cocaine Bear, but I do have some tickets to give away to the Moose game this weekend, uh, Friday and Sunday. Uh, should I make people wait? Do you think till uh, Thursday? I mean, it's a little bit late. Give me a late show. Stay up late. They should have to stay up late to earn their tickets to the Moose game. Unless you re- unless you're really nice to me, and then you send me an email, David IllegalCurve.com. I may consider it, but I also may make you wait till Thursday. So we'll see. There you Are have we it. Are going to see the Regina monologues on Thursday? <laughs> Somebody else said mentioned the Regina monologues in the chat. So either you stole that or you. Are... I didn't see it. No, I didn't okay. see it. That was that was. That's well, all. That's pure Ginsburg, there, folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, oh, the Steve. Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club who may be sincerely rethinking their sponsorship of this program <laughs> after the last ten minutes. Uh, Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty. That's Frank and Maro Zapia. Betway, they're the title sponsor of this fine program. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, The Keg, and Tourism Regina support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. We'll be next in action on Thursday night, a late night going to be around 11.30, 11.45 p.m. Central Time. I'm not sure why I'm on the big screen, Dave, but I guess no. I'm getting all the glory. Why the hell Give not? Give me the glory. Why not? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you then. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us feedback on the YouTube channel, leave us feedback on iTunes, leave us feedback everywhere you can find the podcast. Dave M's lost his mind. He's playing like a child. He's found a new toy. It's a, there you go. That's a good sign that it's time for us to wrap this thing up. We appreciate all you supporting us and joining us, whether you're in Argentina, Singapore, or all parts in between. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Show until, us your Regina, Drew. <laughs> until Thursday night, late night Thursday, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.